Geeks, episode 210, uh, live and in person. Woo! Where's my drink? I don't know. Man. All right, that's great. Yes. Love that. So, it's been far too long. Maybe like three weeks or so? Something like that. People are busy. Yeah. So, it's been the holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. The whole thing. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa bot. Uh, New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus is gunning you down. Uh, yeah. So, basically, the thing is, we've got a lot to get through here. So, since we last talked, uh, Watchmen came to an end. And we're talking not just Watchmen on HBO, but Watchmen uh, Doomsday Clock as well, which we'll talk about later. But specifically, yes, yes. specifically the, now, the HBO show, yes, the which I got to tell you, man, um, and I don't say this lightly, my favorite show of at least the last couple of years. Since since what? Breaking Bad. Okay. Appointment TV. Yes. Where, like, the twists and the turns and, you know, I think that if, you know, we discussed if you hadn't known the source material, how much would you be into it? And, and actually, I had a buddy of mine lined up to to talk about that, but uh, you got... got to do that. Yeah, is this too late? Is it too late for that? No, I don't think so. Yeah, it's, the time has passed, I feel like. But it, nevertheless, uh, that that didn't happen for um, health reasons on your part. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, even still, let's just dive in. The show is over. Yes. Thoughts? Uh, I thought, thought it was great. So what I enjoyed, a uh, big fan of, we've talked many times, of comics that are like six-issue runs and end... Uh, I'm happy that this is like a self-contained story of nine episodes because I feel like and I've consumed all the content of like the official podcast yep. and the watch and mm-hmm. I've heard Damon Lindelof talk about it. Um, Living on the wikis. And the big thing was is that his whole story of of when he set out to do it, he said, you know, we can't do a show without Dr. Manhattan appearing. Mm. But once he appears, that's kind of like it. Like once you introduce like this all knowing, all powerful being, you got to start to wrap things up. Things got to happen quickly. Or yes. It's like, why is he around? So, well, it, it was quite the slow play, but yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they slow played him coming and then devoted a whole episode to telling the backstory of why he is where he is now. And then he just had, I think we worried of not, maybe not worried, but just like, how are they going to fit all this story into one episode? He pulled it off. I mean, Dr. Manhattan is there, shows up and damn things good. just start going haywire. And all the separate threads of story come into us to come to a single place and uh, just wrap it up like a perfect bit of storytelling. I also liked um, how there was that moment where you had things like um, Dr. Manhattan, Ozymandias, Silk Spectre 2 uh, share some time together on mm-hmm. screen because they, they all make sort of doing their own thing. Uh, and, and on top of Dr. Manhattan kind of being not revealed until like episode six or seven. Um, I like that. Like, oh, they're together. I mean, they're not friends or even like, you know, comrades mm-hmm. really, but it was just very well done. And I, you know, the, the, some of the reveals that were made were not as obvious as, you know, um, they could have been, which I think is smart storytelling, but, uh, I loved it. Really did. Uh, Damon Lindelof says he may return for a second season after all. So I, I don't know. I've heard some interviews with him where he talks about someone else taking it over. He's talked about. You know, not having an idea yet of his own. Like he said, he had this is the idea he had, and he, and he told it. Um, we've talked on the show about this could easily be like a Fargo type scenario where mm-hmm. you just pick up at different points in time. Mm-hmm. I don't think you necessarily need to pick up right where we're left off of of um, Sister Knight about to walk on water. Does she have the powers? Does she not? I don't think you need to do that. I think you could go to a completely different part of the world, right? Different point in time, whether it's in the future, in the past. And pick up some thread that was left out there to, to tell a story. Um, my senses tell me that there will be a second season. And it will be Dan there, Lindelof. I mean, story. there has to be. Because they had said that this show was the highest rated since Big Little Liars. 
Is that what it's called? Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies. There's Pretty Little Liars. Pretty Little Liars. Big Little Lies. That's a lie. They're very similar that way. But um, which of course was a smash success. Although I feel like I haven't seen a single frame of that show. But I feel like season two of that was not as good as season one. It was not. So it worries me that something that was meant to be a one shot. They're going to try and stretch this out for obvious reasons, for capital capitalism yes. reasons. But you know, I will say that if there's one thing that gives me you know um, some some peace about this is that um, Daniel Lilith is a great storyteller. I mean, mm-hmm. that show, The Leftovers. Have you watched this yet? We've discussed it multiple no, times. Not the Leftovers. That is a show that there are three seasons. It is a, it is a, it's a contained thing. Season one is actually based on a book. Seasons two and three are, are original material that way. But and he did all three. He did all three, and they worked. And they were each season was an improvement over the last. And in fact, season one, which was based on a best-selling book, um, was the, the 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 weakest, in my opinion. Um, but it, so he knew what he was doing in that respect. And each season was not sort of a day two. It was there were there were time jumps and 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 location movements and what have you. So. Given that, uh, I, I think that if they were to do this again, and and he's on board, it wouldn't be a complete, um, you know, departure from the quality that we had this time around. Yeah, and since nothing is in the works as of now, I mean, we likely don't see it for like a couple two years. years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but either way, I suspect that it'll be around. Um, but you know, maybe it's like a seventy thirty type thing. Just because it was so successful, it HBO's got to like it was really you know, good. He had some anchors, really, really good. And I, and and I, and then we'll move on. But my friend that was going to come and talk about this had seen the movie, but not, but that and that is that is a, a tertiary connection at best to mm-hmm. this whole thing. Was also very engrossed in all of this and had lots of questions for me that I was like, "Do you really want to get into this?" Um, so I, I do think that if you were a noob, so to speak, that uh, it still was, and the numbers don't lie. It was appealing to a lot of people. Uh, additionally, since we've been gone, uh, since we've been gone, okay. Uh, Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker has come out. Yep, I assume that you have seen it. I certainly did. I did as well. And and whose whose take do we want first? Uh, you go. Okay. So, as someone who I enjoy seeing these new movies, I think I'm probably who's marketed to of like a my my take on it is here's this franchise that's been around forever. And like when the new ones first started coming out, it was like, here's this, these cast of new characters that like new people can glom onto a bit. Is that fair? Sure. To, to introduce you to the world. But at the same time, they also have the anchor of, this is supposed to be tying up a story that started 20, 30 years ago, 40, 40 years ago. Um, so then you kind of have to get invested a little bit in, in all the old stuff. And how can, I mean, how can I say it? I, I did not like this one as much as I liked. What was the last? Was Last Jedi? The last was, Jedi. Yeah, I'm, I like that one. I think with most we, of the that, three. And that was a polarizing movie. Yeah, and with, with this one, I thought it could have benefited from having the same person do all three movies. Well, he did the first and the third. Yeah, but but I feel like the second one maybe threw them for a loop a little bit. Like, they did. Like coming out of the second one, it's you've got the the sort of uplifting thing of anyone can be. Can have the force and like be a special person in this world, and like, nope, psych, you, like she's a pop teen. No. Like, like, yeah, like, spoiler no, alert, yeah. I mean, like, well, okay. Um, there were some other like weird things, like, you know, you got, I feel like they were trying too hard to service the fans of having all the old cameos, like, you see more C3PO and R2D2 than you do BB 8. 
You see, yeah, BB was barely, was barely in it. Yeah, and like you know, you got a, you got Lando showing like, oh boy, here we go to this one planet, and just man, sure enough, here's Lando just happens to be chilling there, like ready to give yeah, them like yeah, a yeah, nugget yeah. of info, and then he you know he comes back again later, and when she's throwing away the saber, you know, Luke comes out of the flames, and you know, Kylo's dealing with some things, and rather than just like hearing his dad's voice, he actually sees a vision of him. It's like I really, we, we, I, we, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, like we got to bring all these people back, and like we got to fit in the the Leia storyline with whatever things we have left to do. That, what was your What was your thought on how they used her in this movie? Uh, I mean, it seemed like I know that she's supposed to be this super important character, but she's just kind of just like chilling in their hideout, mm. and you know, do not you, really doing much except for when she. You know, uses the force. I assume, right, to go talk to Kylo. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, basically, just yeah, like to like kill herself. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it's still like it's weird knowing that she's dead. And yeah. So and it's just uh, uh, so another buddy of mine is super Star Wars fan. His kids are all into it already, and they're like six and or like four and two or five and three. Someone there's something something down that way of the age numbers. Um, super into it. His wife actually said to me, you know, I. I wish that, I mean, obviously, I wish she was still alive for obvious reasons, but like because Leia was so feisty and so such a such a presence that to have this this remaining footage sort of serve as her end, uh, her character arc rather, um, just it wasn't enough. Like because like she she deserved me, and then she couldn't film. She, she's dead. She can't yeah. film anymore. She she can no longer film because she's dead. Yes. Um, and thus Leia's aside from her part being pretty small. The parts that she had were not Leia-esque that way. They were not like you know ballsy and Let's say a few words. Yes, and be standing there. Yes. So, but I mean, yeah, I'm glad that she at least got to have her character, you know, finish out its run. You know, and, and spoiler, she does die and to save both her son and 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 uh, Ray at, at the same time. Whatever. I don't know, man. I I didn't love this movie, and I feel like. Um, it, the people are pretty split that way. I was super excited. You know, I did, I happened to like some of the fan service that you mentioned before. Hansel in particular got me pretty hard. Um, you know, but, but then again, they would do this thing where they would, they would give you a, um, a moment of like, oh no, like Chewbacca's Chew dead. It, yeah. Psych. No. <laughs> Or like, wow, she loses control of the force, and there's this crazy lightning thing, and she blows up. The, like, yeah. and then you don't even have to wait it out. It's like the next cut scene. It's like, well, nope, he's, he's on a different ship. Everybody, it's cool. So I was uh, in the theater when this happened, and when that happened, I literally got out loud. I don't like that. I said it out loud to people. I don't like that's not good. Chewbacca, Chewbacca cannot die that way. And luckily, droids and Wookiees don't age. Okay, the, the human characters did, <laughs> but those people are ready to go. Ready to work, and then when C three PO was going to seemingly have his entire memory wiped, yeah, yeah, reinstated. So, yeah. <laughs> but but so that means yeah. that there's like no stakes in the movie. We talk about the stakes being low uh, sometimes, and and that, and that was happening here. I did not understand why they kissed after their duel. Yeah, that really threw me. Because like, I even said again to someone that I was with, he did a lot of terrible things. Like, why is she getting? What is this? He killed his own dad. Patricide. That's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he also, that I can recall, destroyed a lot of hardware on the ship. That's true. Also, uh, General Hux, what a send-off he got. <laughs> I mean, again, it was, and then the Kelly Tran's character was like a minute and a half yeah. long, and she was like a major character in the last one. Strange. Yeah. Who did, again, I think who, could have benefited from the same person doing all three movies. Who did have a big part in this movie? I guess Ray and, and Poe. 
and Kylo Ren. They had big parts. Yeah, I mean, I guess Poe a little bit. Like, and, and the Emperor coming back was also a, a weird choice. Yeah, and he's... Like, I told one of my friends that he was, like, the least intimidating bad guy mm. that I've seen in a while because he was just, like, a super old guy just standing there. Yeah. And, like, his whole thing was to have her kill him so that his powers would go into her and then like all of a sudden he realizes that I could just consume your two powers yeah, like, yeah. why was that not the goal the whole time yeah, yeah, yeah. anyways it, I mean it's some misgivings whatever uh, still fun to see a lot of cool battles um, just not my favorite of the three movies yep I'm with you but it's better than uh, Phantom Menace that's for sure okay we can agree <laughs> uh, Marvel re- so do, we'll bucket these in, into the same sort of bucket here Disney Plus reportedly poached 1 million Netflix subscribers how'd they know that someone cancelled they were like I, yeah, I didn't get that question on my uh, membership. Yeah, and then were you of Netflix? Well, I guess I was. And then tying into that, Marvel reportedly getting the rights to the Defenders back in early 2020. Well, that's now, so let's do it. Yeah. So I mean, there's been rumors of um, the I'm forgetting the names now off the top of my head, but of the actual like uh, actors, but Daredevil and Jessica Jones appearing in like some of the Disney Plus stuff or MCU somehow. So. Uh, clearly, I think some of those ones that did well, they would like to to keep on using. Um, so, but I, from what I'm hearing, that um, Mike Coulter, who played um, uh, Luke Cage, is no longer interested in playing that role, and they are going to recast the actor um, that will portray Iron Fist with an Asian actor, which I still don't understand. I don't understand. Well, they caught a lot of shit for that, but why? Dan- I've said this before. The character of Danny Rand is a white person. I mean, it's it's not as if it's not this where they did the the one with Scarlett Johansson and Akira, right? Yeah. So there was that that made no sense. Even things like um, Aeon Flux, um, the character I believe was Asian, and they had Charlize Theron play her. I get I, that. I understand. Yeah, well, it'd be like Vin Diesel playing Luke Cage. Yes, like, that, well, that, here's a muscular guy playing Luke Cage. I'm like, well, that's not quite yeah, right. Yeah. But, okay, cool. All right, anyways, let's uh, talk some books from the last few weeks. All right, there we go. So, way back when, we decided to read Dying is Easy, number one of a six-issue miniseries. Um, Let me see if I can just pull up the thing here. I won't read through the the official backstory, but essentially what this is was a struggling uh, comedian, comic, stand-up comedian who is retired police, Mm -hmm. um, you know, going through his... His routine, it's not the best ever. There's a sort of a new kid in town that has been stealing some jokes. So the old the old guy's down in his luck. Um, all the comics want this other guy, you know, taken care of. They make some... I, I feel like there was some good dialogue, but this is what I enjoyed the most was the dialogue between the comics. Okay. Um, and then towards the end, he goes and beats up the new WizKid comic who's stealing the jokes. And sure enough, he beat him to a bloody pulp and uh, his death is the sort of twist at the end. Spoiler alert from a comic three weeks ago. Uh, so, so that's where the story is gonna gonna take off. Um, I mean, I I enjoyed the. I'm not sure where it's gonna go after this, uh, but I enjoyed the back and forth between the comics. I think some again, this was like three weeks ago, so I'm forgetting some of the one liners that were used. I thought there was some good character building between them. I'm not sure if that stuff's gonna stick though. Like, if they're if he's getting called about the potential murder of this person, clearly I don't know if he's gonna be back in the comedy zone. Or the improv, wherever that like wherever that was taking place, I feel like the story is going to jump like to a whole different world. Okay, now that the cops are on his tail and he's got to answer to all this sort of stuff. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'll give it like a B. But you know, one thing that I have always uh, noticed in the comedic world is like you don't steal jokes. 
Yeah. Don't do it. No. Like Carlos Mencia, remember that? Mm-hmm. Where is he now? Nowhere. Because he was a joke stealer. <laughs> That's, that was what, that Somebody was. beat him to a bloody pulp. That was alleged. Yes. Or, you know, and, and unfortunately he had the tough job of trying to follow Dave Chappelle that way on the uh, Comedy Central's. Oh, yeah. It was never going to work. <sighs> but anyway, um, I thought it was okay. I mean, pretty dark. I, I did not see the death of that comedian no. coming. No, not at all. Um, and I, I wonder if even he was the one that did it or if there was you know, other factors at play or like maybe the guy had other other irons and the, you know, not so good fires. But I guess we'll find out. Or will we? Or, well, are you going to keep, keep reading this? Uh, you know, listen, I've already said this very show that I like these short stories, the six issues. I could see me buying this, at least the second issue, and seeing what's up. So this is by Joe Hill, who did Lock and Key, and Martin mm-hmm. Simmons, who did Punk's Not Dead. Is Stephen King's son? I think so. I think that's what it is. Is that right? I, should, I mean... Okay, I'm just going to vamp while you look that up. Joe Hill. What's he done? Who's he related to? Nepotism. Joe Hill. Joe Hillstrom King. Better known pen name Joe Hill. Okay. Uh, born 1972 to authors Tabitha and Stephen King. Uh, Tabitha Nay Spruce. Nay Spruce. So yes, this is Stephen King's son. God, you have great internet connections here. Love it. All right. What's happening next week? Uh, the Clock Number One. This is uh, from creators Matt Hawkins and Colleen Duran. Matt Hawkins done things like Eden Falls, Postal, Think Tank, various things we've read throughout the years on this very show. Oh, okay. So within three weeks, and this is out of Image Comics, by the way. Within three weeks, hundreds of millions of healthy people worldwide contract various forms of aggressive cancer, and the proliferation seemingly a viral outbreak stumps the best scientific minds available. But after a leading cancer researcher loses his wife and watches his nine-year-old daughter begin to succumb to the same illness, he must race against the clock to end a global conspiracy that could propel the world straight into World War III or worse. Appropriate time is all the World War III memes going on right now. It's really something. (laughs) It's really something. You know, I gotta say, you know, I've been home uh, in Jacksonville for a few weeks now, and it's been amazing how little we discuss politics because that shit would really be like a like a tinderbox, yes. just explosive. All right, so these last three weeks of things that we've read, I will kick it off. Uh, going to the chapel number four. This is the four issue book from David Peppos. Is, that it, we, is we this the about. end? Yes, this is the end, the very end. Um, a fun read much like his other stuff and things that we've already mentioned about going to the chapel it's quick it's easy um some twists on this in this last issue uh a great solid short story if you need something to read four issues plow right through it um i don't think he's mentioned anything about this picking up again we did get the knowledge that um spencer and lock yeah uh is going to have a, a third series so that's great you know looking forward to seeing more out of david and uh you should check this out David Peppos. Um, Undiscovered Country number two. So I read this probably three weeks ago. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened in it, uh, but I do remember at the time. That, and this is the book where... The dystopian future. Yes, America's, yes, America's yes. All, is all shut off. Yeah, they're okay. going to find their way out. It was super weird. Okay. Um, I don't think it's going to be anything that I, I keep with. And this is the one that's like Charles Sewell and Scott Snyder. Is that right? Oh... Uh, Anyways, two, uh, while we looked that up, two prolific Ray Scott Center, Charles Sewell. Yeah, that's okay. right. Um, Dream team. So two people who obviously know how to write good books. Um, you know, this seems like an, an epic adventure for someone, but I am not that someone. <laughs> um, and then we mentioned this when Watchmen was happening, uh, but I did pick up, I either borrowed or bought, I think I maybe bought the last issue, but borrowed the rest from DC's... Um, little thing they were doing around Watchmen. But I read all 12 issues of Doomsday Clock. And this is what is supposed to be the actual sequel continuation of Watchmen. 
that that DC just went through over kind of like a two year period. Apparently this this came out kind of with some delays and everything. Uh, but it was written by Jeff Johns, inks by Gary Frank, pencils by Gary Frank, colored by Brad Anderson. Uh, it was a super big deal, 12 issues long, and reading this made me enjoy the, first, the original Watchmen book and the TV show much better. Really? So, Doomsday Clock, and, and I don't know the full backstory of things, because apparently some of the events of like New 52 and Rebirth play into this, and that's when they like started introducing the Watchmen characters into DC stuff as a whole, as mm-hmm. instead of just like they're in this other world. Okay. Um, so in this book, like people switch over, like Dr. Manhattan ends up in the DC world and he, you know, he comes face to face with Superman and do they, do they, do they duke it out? No, not uh. really, no, 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 not really. Um, Doc Manhattan, essentially Doc Manhattan. Are you ever going to read this? Yeah, I probably will. Okay. Well then I, I won't, won't spoil it, but I think what I appreciate most of, Watchmen is like I like it better as its own thing. Like I don't need it to exist in the same world as Superman and Batman. Okay, and I like it like like the Watchmen story. I like these characters because they're because it's only Doctor Manhattan is like a super being. Sure, and everyone else is you know normal ish people who you know they might have some like fighting abilities and you know some smarts to them, but um. Because I, I don't I've always read a lot of the superhero type stuff. So, like, the the convergence of the two in Doomsday Clock, you've got, like, Batman involved and Superman, obviously, and, like, everything's going on. And I feel like you're trying to do too much with these characters. And I like it just being its own thing, much like it was in the TV show, which I enjoyed much more than Doomsday Clock. Okay. Well, there you go. And, you know, the article that I put in here was, I'm not sure if it was comic book resources, but the headline was, Doomsday Clock's biggest problem is it coincided with HBO's Watchmen. So someone had, like, a similar take, like, the Watchmen TV show was super fantastic, mm. whereas the book took two years to finish. Uh, it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but you know, I could tell that it was. Some people enjoyed it. Um, perhaps maybe a little bit more if the show did not come out. Well, sorry, people. Yeah. I enjoyed the show. Either way, um, some of the stuff that I read that I know you did too. Batman: Curse of the White Knight. I put two in here, even though it was five. I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're going back. Yeah, so we've got Azrael going through Arkham. You had to brief me on this because it was yeah. since since I read it. Um, it's, it's supposed to be six issues, right? So it's the yeah. last one. Yeah, yeah we're, yeah, we're coming up. So we got this the concluding finale coming up. Still awesome, great book. Should be checking it out. Should be all of the White Knight stuff that Sean Sean Phillips, Sean Murphy, Sean Murphy. Yes, Sean Phillips is somebody else. Okay, um, but what, again, I love this book. I like the art of it. I think that one thing they do they've done really well is they whereas the Lastro was pretty self contained, they could have easily just like had that thing happening where the Joker's Alter Ego comes out again and he's a good guy. Um, they really have sort of suppressed that part of it. Although we we've gotten pieces of it because Harley Quinn is, is carrying the Joker's child or it has his child now. Mm-hmm. She, she was carrying it and then she had it. That's yes. how, that's how, that's how fantasy works. Just so you know. <laughs> um, so, um, and the, the sort of the backstory of sort of the, the, the early times of Gotham and how the Waynes betrayed the family of Azrael back in the day. And that's sort of fueling his rage. And he really goes on a tear, just murdering a lot of people that I didn't think could have been murdered that easily, but what are you going to do? Hey, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Hey. Uh, the rest of the stuff, I'll let you go through. I will note that I um, some of these I've, I've purchased, but just from traveling with the baby over the holidays, I've not had a chance to read. So things like Joker Killer Smile Two, I've bought the new Hawkeye, Skull Digger, and Skeleton Boy, and Gideon Falls, uh, all of which I will read at some point. So don't super spoil them for me. Okay, all right. So um, okay, let's be it can be difficult then. So Joker Killer Smile, right? Killer Smile Two. Um, this is Jeff Lemire with Andrea Sorrentino again. 
the same team that's bringing us Gideon Falls. And I got to say, man, as, as, as talented and as, as, as quality as Jeff Lemire is, the artwork in this is just killer. Mm-hmm. I mean, the spreads they do are just next level. Um, there is an interesting twist in this book that really sort of turns the whole thing on its head. And I won't tell you what that is, of course, but... Um, this is a three issue series. I want to say yes. I believe yes. Um, so it, it, so issue three is going to have a lot to cover here, but um, definitely cool. If you remember D- right, the, the first issue, what I really loved was, was the coloring. And I'm flipping through it as we're sitting here. These are fucking awesome. These it's, are like, it's very good. Yeah, it's great. Very good book. And you know, your iPad Pro makes it look that much better. <laughs> um, anyway, there's that. Um, speaking of those two, I did read Gideon Falls, which again. Uh, they're making this into a movie, a TV show, something. TV show. Um, still great. I mean, I think that you know, Jeff Lemire tends to all of things like Descender and Ascender take some detours with the storyline. This took a few issues where it was like, what's going on here with the time travel and the dimensional stuff and identity switching. I think we've come a really that's right. I think, I think we've come a really long way that way, and I think that it's possible this book could actually be getting closer to perhaps a conclusion of some kind like but it's but it's still quite good okay. creepy again I, I can do what you're seeing in, in the joker book very beautifully drawn crazy good spreads it does go super fast because they sometimes, they sometimes have like a double spread serve as a piece of, of narrative but i, I like it because i like pictures um speaking of jeff lemire i read a skull digger and skeleton boy um this is by him but it's drawn by a guy named tony Zanjik? That's the best I can do. And this is sort of a vigilante book where he's a kid, a la young Bruce Wayne. Um, his parents are um, uh, affronted by a ne'er-do-well, and a vigilante named Skulldigger comes in and fixes it. And it, a whole detective investigation into this person who apparently has been you know, a, a vigilante on the lamp for some time uh, is unfolding. And meanwhile, the kid has now sort of, who has been put into foster care or like an orphanage, uh, it, it, it remains connected to this, this character though because he did save this kid's life and the, the, and the, the rubber was kept saying I wish I'd been here sooner but hey at least I took care of this and for these you. are characters taken out of Black Hammer? I don't know. So it says from the world of Black Hammer well, and well, even in the, the credits here it says Black Hammer created by Jeff Lemire and Dean Ormsch. Well, they, 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 they mention characters of Black Hammer in this. Okay. They do mention that but I think that whereas and I only read a few issues of that of that book I think that it's just acknowledging that it's a part of that. Okay. But you don't have to have read that to get oh. it. But they mention things like, you know, somebody, like the someone that's running for mayor in the book used to be a masked vigilante person and someone was like, chill out, dude. It wasn't like you were the Black Hammer or anything. That was a line that was Got exchanged. Um, but I was aware of Black Hammer as a character and I was like, yeah, you're not. So <laughs> so that was, that was pretty good. Um, I'm still going strong with the new X-Books. So we're calling this the Dawn of X is sort of this new, it, this is basically the new 52 for X-Books. X-Men to 4. This is when um, characters like Magneto, Professor X, Cyclops, and a character called Gorgon, who I'd only heard of uh, peripherally in Wolverine books, travel to, I want to say like like the Paris Accord or some shit like that, where they're going to go and be like, then they, they, the whole thing's been like, let us do our own thing, leave us alone as, as a mutant nation, but we will give you in exchange all of these these medicines that will cure your, your diseases. Okay. And no like question, no questions asked. Just leave us alone. But right. like us humans can be. That's not good enough for us because yeah. we're worried about what things yeah, happen. They've been ruining, yeah, ruining mutants from day one. They really have. Um, being like, what if things go left? And we've we've become completely you know, dependent on you and your 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 cure alls. And now what? And so it's just not good enough. So they go to this meeting. Things do not go well. And basically, we're left with. 
look, you fucked with us again. You do it one more time, you're not going to like it. And that's where we, we leave off. It was still quite good. And I I realize that you, you don't read these lines, but it, the pacing of this was quite good. Jonathan Hickman actually is um, the one who writes the main X book. Fallen Angels is by Brian Hill. No relation to the Stephen King family. That we know of. That we know of. Um, this is a <laughs> book where it's it's... I wonder if what Marvel's thinking here, where so Psylocke for a long time invited the body of an Asian assassin that she swapped minds with. It's a whole thing. It's messy. And then, as you may recall, a few years ago, Psylocke got put back in her original body, but then the Asian body's back alive and is going by the name of Psylocke. And Psylocke's going by Captain Britain now. It's really confusing. I remember. I, I don't know where to go with this book. Um, it's with her, X-23, and Cable. The art, I feel like from page to page, changes. And I'm not sure if I'm a fan of it or not. So okay. we'll see. Uh, X-Force 4, this is by Ed Brisson. Um, this is a whole idea where there are individuals that are, are trying to hack into the island nation of Krakoa, where the X-Men and all of their mutant buddies are living. And um, they were they were actually mutilating the character called Domino to uh, sort of achieve this hack because it's like this plant nation that has just portals and I know, I know, I know. <laughs> it's okay. It's not my favorite, but it's pretty good. Um, I read the new Hawkeye book by Matthew Rosenberg. I really liked it. I recommend it highly. Okay. Purchased it. Yeah, it's it really good. I, I want to say the artist who's doing it is the guy that did um, Dead Man Logan, which I really enjoyed. I'm I pretty... think that is correct. Okay. I mean, it looked just like it. And if it's not, then, you know, click on his name. Otto Schmidt. He's done Green Arrow... And Batman. Na, 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 na. Well, it looks very similar then. Whoever okay. whoever did that book, they have a very similar style. Right. Anyway, so that, um, I bet I did enjoy that quite, quite well. Um, this is the situation where the character of Ronan that he at one time was playing is resurfaced and is doing shit that's not good. And Hawkeye's like, it's not me. But Bucky and Falcon are like, well, who is it then? And then we find out that it is somebody else, and it, he whoops their asses, all of them. Okay. So, good book. All right, I'll check it out. There you go. All right, so the weekly news of the last three weeks. Uh, bigger ticket stuff. We've got a updated list of every superhero movie that will come out in 2020. So I'll run through these. Birds of Prey, February 7th. Are you into this? I'm going to check it out. It's got an R-rated return of Harley Quinn. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll check it out. Bloodshot, March 3rd. Not really interested. The New Mutants, April 3rd. Dying to see it. We can combine this if there's a new trailer coming soon. January 6th. And also, there was a tweet by the New Mutants account that said, just FYI, before you watch this, there were never any reshoots, which was widely reported. This is the original material just re-edited, and it's rated PG-13. Hmm. All right. Well, those were supposed to come out in, like, 2017. Or it finished production in 2017. It was going to come out in 2018, I think. Uh, either way, I think they should just release it and make some money back on it. Uh, Black Widow, May 1st. Wonder Woman, 1984, June 5th. Morbius, July 31st. Are you into that? No. Okay. Venom 2, October 2nd. I and, and watch the first one. And they've talked, because so Carnage is probably going to be a part of this. Woody Harrelson um, mm-hmm. uh, made a cameo as um, Cletus Cassie, I think is his name, in the comics. Okay. Um, and there's also been talk of how are they going to eventually fold in Tom Holland into this. He apparently might have a small role in the movie. Uh, Andy Serkis is directing it. Um, so again, I still need to check out the first one. Okay. And then lastly, the Eternals, November 6th. Okay. All right. And that's an MCU thing. This is true. Yeah. So we've got Black Widow and the Eternals and then all the little TV shows they've got coming too. Uh, Ryan Reynolds seems to have confirmed that Deadpool three is in development at Disney. So what shape that takes, is it going to be a rated R film? 
Um, where yes. is it going to pop up? Who knows? But clearly, they are not just going to shut down a money-making machine such as Deadpool. Yep. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier set photo reveals an X-Men-centric location. Madripoor. Do you think this has bigger meaning? Um, I think it's promising because Madripoor is almost exclusively associated with like um, Wolverine spent some time over there doing stuff. It's like an underworldly type Taiwani type of place. That's are we getting close to X Men like Philippines. Fantastic Four finally happening? I, I mean, I feel like. Do you think they're going to do this thing, well, which they seem to be doing, which is like slowly teasing out elements like that, or are they just have like a big splash, like boom, we're here? I think they'll slowly tease it. Yeah. I think you might see like an offshoot X character appear here or here, and then within the bigger stuff, they start to ponder like, oh, these randomly there's like three mutants hanging around, like oh, and then all of a sudden. Bam, an X-Men movie happens. Well, so that's a good point. So you, I think if you think about things like, you know, Colossus and Deadpool is not the same Colossus from, like, the the X-Men movies. Different actor, different portrayal of the character, meaning, like, mm-hmm. he actually had a Russian accent. That would be that, that could be an example where we're gonna, Colossus is here now. How about that? Maybe? Possibly? I can't wait. I mean, I'm into it. Uh, lastly, the latest rumor, at least at the time that I taped this in here, was that Moon Knight was eyeing Harry Potter star Daniel Radcliffe. Okay. Are we cool with that? I mean, that's a TV show, yes? Yeah. I mean, he's doing TV now? Something as big as Moon Knight, I would assume so. Well, he did do that movie, that show, uh, Extras. And I would imagine I mean, whether the start... I th- and they've openly acknowledged that all these things that are starting as Disney Plus shows very well could venture into movies and have bigger roles elsewhere. I mean, I'm into it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, I enjoyed all the Harry Potter movies, so I'd be, I'd be down to see him. All right, then. All right. Well, that's what we got for, like, three weeks of build-up. I mean, again, I think we need to resolve into 2020 to do this regularly. That's the goal. Let's, let's get back on track here. But we, we're born this way. <laughs> I'd like to do so. <laughs> All right. Uh, hit us up at TooManyComics.com. Find us online, and uh, let's chat some books. I've been reading too many comics.